Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth. Let's see here, I'm charging my phone, I might have to stop doing that. There we go, throw away the charger, turn off the charging port. Very important. Um, chapter 18, Grover causes a stampede. Distance was shorter in the labyrinth. Still, by the time Rachel got us back to Times Square, I felt like we'd pretty much ran all the way from New Mexico. We climbed out of the Marriott basement and stood on the sidewalk in bright summer daylight, squinting at the traffic and crowds. I couldn't decide which seemed less real, New York or the Crystal Cave, where I'd watched a god die. I led the way into an alley where I could get a nice echo. Then I whistled as loud as I could. Five times. A minute later, Rachel gasped. They're beautiful! A flock of pegasi descended from the sky, swooping between skyscrapers. Blackjack was in the lead, followed by four of his white friends. Yo, boss! He spoke my mind. You lived! Yeah, I told him. I'm lucky that way. Listen, we need a ride to camp. Quick. That's my specialty. Oh man, you got the Cyclops with you? Yo, Guido, how's your back holding up? The Pegasus Guido groaned and complained, but eventually he agreed to carry Tyson. Everybody started saddling up, except Rachel. Well, she told me, I guess this is it. I nodded uncomfortably. We both knew she couldn't go to camp. I glanced at Annabeth, who was pretending she was very big, busy with her Pegasus. Thanks, Rachel, I said. We couldn't have done it without you. I wouldn't have missed it. I mean, except for almost dying in pan and her voice faltered. He said something about your father, I remembered. What did he mean? Rachel twisted the strap of her backpack. My dad, my dad's job. He's kind of a famous businessman. You mean, you're rich? Well, yeah. So that's how you got the chauffeur to help us. You said, you just said your dad's name and... Yes, Rachel cut me off. Percy, my dad's a land developer. Flies all over the world looking for tracts of undeveloped land. She took a shaky breath. The wild. He buys it up. I hate it, but he plows it down and builds ugly subdivisions and shopping centers. And now that I've seen Pan, Pan's death... Hey, you can't blame yourself for that, I said. You don't know the worst of it. I'd, I'd like to talk about my family. I didn't... I don't like to talk about my family. I didn't want to tell you. I'm sorry. I should have said something. No, it's cool. I said. Look, Rachel, you were awesome. She led it, you led us through the maze. You were so brave. That's the only thing I can judge on you. I don't care what your dad does. Rachel looked at me gratefully. Well, if you ever feel like hanging out with a mortal again, you could call me or something. Uh, yeah, sure. She knitted her eyebrows, but I guess I sounded unenthusiastic or something, because that's, but that's not how I meant it. I just wasn't sure what to say with all my friends standing around, and guess my feelings had got pretty mixed up the last couple of days. I mean, I'd like that, she said, I said. My number's not in the book, she said. I've got it. Still in your hand? No way. No, I kind of memorized it. Her smile came back slowly, but a lot happier. See you later, Percy Jackson. Go save the world for me, Per- Okay. 
She walked off down 7th Avenue, disappeared into the crowds. When I got back to the horses, Nico was having trouble. His pegasus kept shying away from him, reluctant to let him mount. He smells like dead people, the pegasus complained. Hey now, Blackjack said. Come on, porcupine. Lots of demigods smell weird. It ain't their fault. Oh, uh, I, I didn't mean you, boss. Go without me, Nico said. I don't want to go camp- back to that camp anyway. Nico, I said, we need your help. He folded his arms and scowled. Then Annabeth put his hand on his shoulder. Nico, she said, please. Slowly, his expression softened. All right, he said, reluctantly, for you, but I'm not staying. I raised an eyebrow at Annabeth, like, how come all of a sudden, Nico listens to you? She stuck her tongue out at me. At least we got everybody on a pegasus. We shot into the air, and soon we were over the East River, with Long Island spread out before us. We headed in the middle of a cabin area, and were immediately met by Chiron, the potty the pot-bellied satyr Selenius and a couple of Apollo cabin archers. Kyron raised an eyebrow when he saw Nico, but if I expected him to be surprised by our latest visitor about Quintus being deadless or Colonel's rising, I was mistaken. I feared as much, Kyron said. We must hurry. Hopefully you have slowed down the Titan Lord, but his vanguard will be coming soon. They will be anxious for blood. Most of our defenders are already in place. Come. Wait a moment. Selenius demanded. What of the search for Pan? You're almost three weeks overdue, Grover Underwood. Your search's license is revoked. Grover took a deep breath. He stood up and looked Selenius straight in the eye. Searcher's license don't matter anymore. The great god Pan is dead. He has passed on and left us with his spirit. What? Selenius's face turned bright red. Scarilage and lies. Grover Underwood, I will have you exiled for speaking thus. It is true, I said. We were there when he died, all of us. Impossible, you're all liars, nature destroyers. Karen stuttered, studied Grover's face. We will speak of this later. We will speak of it now, Selenius said. We must deal with this. Selenius, Karen cut in. My camp is under attack. The matter of Pan has waited for 2,000 years. I fear it will have to wait a bit longer. Assuming we are still here this evening. On that happy note, he read his bow and galloped towards the woods, leaving us to follow as best as we could. It was the best military operation, it was the biggest military operation I'd ever seen at camp. Everyone was at the clearing, dressed in full battle armor, but this time, it wasn't for capture the flag. The Hephaestus cabinet set up traps around the entrance of the labyrinth. Razor wire, pits of fire, pits filled with pots of Greek fire, rows of sharpened sticks to deflect the charge. Beckendorf was manning two cap- catapults the size of pickup trucks, already primed and aimed at Zeus's fist. The Ares cabin was on the front line, drilling in flanks in for information with Clarice calling orders. Apollo's and Hermes cabins were scattered in the woods with bows ready. Many had taken up positions in the trees. Even the dryads were armed with bows, and the satyrs trotted around with wooden cudges in shields made of tough tree bark. Annabeth went to join her brethren from the Athena cabin, who had set up a command tent and were directing operations. A gray banner with an owl fluttered outside the tent. Her security chief, Argus, stood guarded at the door. 
Aphrodite's children were running around, straightening everybody's armor and offering to comb the tangles out of our horsehair plumes. Even Dionysus's kids had find something to do. The god himself was nowhere to be seen, but his two blonde twin sons were running around, providing all the sweaty warriors with water bottles and juice boxes. It looked like a pretty good setup, but Cairo muttered next to me, It isn't enough. I thought about what I'd seen of Labyrinth, all the monsters in Antaeus' stadium, and the power of Kronos. I'd felt it on Mount Tam. My heart sank. Karen was right, but it was all we could muster. For once, I wished Dionysus was here, but even if he had been, I didn't know if he could have done anything. When it came to war, gods were forbidden to interfere directly. Apparently, the Titans didn't believe in restrictions like that. Over at the edge of the clearing, Grover was talking to Juniper. He held his hands. W- he, she held his hands while he told her our story. Green tears formed in her eyes as she, de- as he delivered the news about Pan. Tyson helped the Hephaestus kids prepare the, prepared the defenses. He picked up boulders and piled them next to the catapults for firing. Stay with me, Percy. Karen said. When the fighting begins, I want you to wait until we know what we're dealing with. You must go where we most need reinforcements. I saw Kronos, I said, still stunned by the fact. I looked straight into his eyes. It was Luke, but it wasn't. Karen ran his fingers along his bowstring. He had golden eyes, I would guess. In his presence, time seemed to turn to liquid. I nodded. How could he take over a mortal body? I don't know, Percy. Gods have assumed the shapes of mortals for ages, but no one has actually become one. To merge the divine form with the mortal, I don't know how that could be done without Luke's form turning to ashes. Kronos said his body had been prepared. I shuddered to think what that means. But perhaps it will limit Kronos's power. For a time, at least, he is confined to a, hu- to a human form. It binds him together. Hopefully, it also restricts him. Chiron, if he leads this attack, I do not think so, my boy. I would sense if he were drawing near. No doubt he is. He planned to, but I leave. But I believe you inconvenienced him when he, when you pulled his throne down on top of him. He looked at me reproachfully. You and your friend Nico, son of Hades. A lump formed in my throat. I'm sorry, Chiron. I should have told you. I've known. It's just. Kyron raised his hand. I understand why you did it, Percy. You felt responsible. You sought to protect him. But my boy, if we are to survive this, we must trust each other. We must... His voice wavered. The ground underneath us was trembling. Everybody in the clearing stopped what they were doing. Clarice barked a single order. Lock shield! Then the Titan Lord's army exploded from the labyrinth. I'd been in fights before, but this was a full-scale battle. The first thing I saw were dozen... Lastragonian giants erupting from the ground, yelling so loudly my ears felt like bursting. They carried shields made from flattened cars and clubs that were tree trunks with rusty spikes bristling at the end. One of the giants bellowed at an Ares flank and managed to smash it sideways with his club, and the entire cabin was thrown aside. A dozen warriors tossed into the wind like ragdolls. Fire! Beckendorf yelled. The catapults swung into action. Two boulder, boulders hurtled against the giants. One deflected off a car shield with a hardly dent, but the other caught a Lastragonian in the chest and the giant went down. Apollo's archers fouled, 
fired a volley, dozens of arrows sticking in the thick armor of the giants, like porcupine quills. Several found chinks in armor, and some of the giants vaporized at the touch of celestial bronze. But when it looked like the Lostragonians were about to get overwhelmed, the next wave surged out of the maze. Thirty, maybe forty drachnae in full battle armor, wielding spears and nets. They dispersed in all directions, so amid the traps the Hephaestus cabin had laid, one got stuck on the spikes and became an easy target for archers. Another triggered a tripwire, and pots of Greek fire exploded into flames, engulfing several of the snake women. But many kept more but many more kept coming. Argus and Athena were Argus and Athena's warriors rushed forward to meet them. I saw Anbeth draw a sword and exchange one of them. Nearby, Tyson was riding a giant. Somehow he'd managed to climb onto the giant's back, hitting it on the head with a bronze shield. A bong, bong, bong. Chiron uh, calmly aimed arrow after arrow, taking down a monster with every shot. But more enemies just kept climbing out of the maze. Finally, Hellhound, not Mrs. O'Leary, leaped out of the tunnel and barreled straight towards the satyrs. Go! Chiron yelled at me. I drew Riptide and charged. As I raced across the battlefield, I saw horrible things. An enemy half-blood was fighting with the son of Dionysus, but it wasn't wasn't much of a contest. The enemy stabbed him in the arm, then clubbed him over the head with the butt of his sword, and Dionysus' son went down. Another enemy warrior shot flaming arrows into the trees, sending our archers and dryads into a panic. A dozen drachnae suddenly broke away from the main fight and slithered down the path that led towards camp, like they knew where they were going. If they got out, they could burn down the entire place, completely unopposed. The only person near was Nico D'Angelo. He stabbed the telekine with his Black Stygian iron absorbed the mon- absorbed the monster's essence, drinking its energy until there was nothing left but dust. Nico! I yelled. He looked where I was pointing, saw the serpent women, and immediately understood. He took a deep breath, held out his black sword. Serve me, he called. The earth trembled. A fissure opened in front of the drachne, and a dozen undead warriors crawled up from the earth, Horrible corpses and military uniforms for all over time periods. U.S. revolutionaries, Roman centurions, Napoleonic cavalry, cavalry, cavalry on skeletal horses. As one, they drew their swords and engaged the drachne. Nico crumpled to his knees, but I didn't have time to make sure he was okay. I closed on the hellhound, which was now pushing the satyrs back towards the woods. The beast snapped at one satyr, who danced out of his way. But then, it pounced on another who was too slow. The satyr's tree-marked shield cracked as he fell. Hey! I yelled. The hellhound turned. It snarled at me and leaped. It would have clawed me to pieces, but I fell backwards. My fingers closed around a clay jar. One of Beckendorf's containers of Greek fire. It tossed. I tossed it into the hellhound's maw, and the creature went up in flames. I scrambled away, heavy breathing. The satyr had been trampled, wasn't moving. I rushed over to check him, and... But then I heard Grover's voice. Percy! A forest fire had started. Flames roared within three meters of Juniper's tree, and Juniper and Grover were going nuts trying to save it. Grover played a rain song on his pipes. Juniper desperately tried to beat out the flames with her green shawl, but only making things worse. I ran towards them, jumping past duels, weaving behind the legs of giants. The nearest water was the creek, half a kilometer away, but I had to do something. I concentrated. There was a pull in my gut and a roar in my ears. Then a wall of water came rushing through the trees. It dozed the fire, 
Juniper, and Grover pretty much everything else. Grover blew a spout of water. Thanks, Percy. No problem. I ran back towards the fight, and Grover and Juniper followed. Grover had a cudgel in his hand, and Juniper held a stick, like an old-fashioned whipping switch. She looked really angry, like she was going to tan somebody's backside. Just when it seemed like the battle had bounced again, like we might stand a chance, an unearthly shriek echoed out of the labyrinth, a sound that I'd heard before. Campe shot into the sky, her bat wings fully extended. She landed on the top of Zeus's fist and surveyed the carnage. Her face was filled with evil glee. The mutant animal heads glowed at her waist, growled at her waist. Snakes hissed and swirled around her legs. In her right hand, she held a glittering ball of thread, arachne string. But she popped it into a lion's mouth at her waist and drew her curved swords. The blades go- glowed green with poison. Campe screeched in triumph, and some of the campers screamed. Others tried to run and got trampled by hellhounds or giants. Demortales, Chiron yelled. He quickly aimed an arrow, but Campe seemed to sense his presence. She took flight with amazing speed, and Chiron's arrow whisked harmlessly past her head. Tyson untangled himself from the giant whom he'd pummeled into unconsciousness. He ran out of our lines, shouting, Stand! Do not run from her! Fight! But then a hellhound leaped on him, and Tyson and the hound went rolling again. Campe landed on the Athena command tent, smashing it flat. I ran after her and found Annabeth at my side, keeping pace, her sword in her hand. This might be it, she said. Could be. Nice fighting with you, seaweed brain. Ditto. Together, we leaped at the, into the monster's path. Campe hissed and sliced at us. I dodged, trying to distract her while Annabeth went for the strike. But the monster seemed able to fight with both hands independently. She blocked Annabeth's sword, and Annabeth had to jump back to avoid the cloud of poison. Just being near the thing was like standing in acid fog. My eyes burned. My lungs couldn't get enough air. I knew we couldn't stand our ground for more than just a few seconds. Come on, I shouted. We need help. But no one, no help came. Everyone was either down or fighting for their lives, too scared to move forward. Three of Chiron's arrows sprouted from Campe's chest, but she just roared louder. Now, Annabeth said. Together we charged. Dodge the monster's slashers, gone inside her garden almost, almost, managed to stab Campe in the chest, but a huge bear's head slashed out from the monster's waist, and we had to stumble backwards to avoid getting bitten. Slam! My eyesight went back. Black. The next thing I knew, Annabeth and I were on the ground. The monster had its forelegs on our chests, holding us down. Hundreds of snakes slithered right above me, hissing like laughter. Campe raised her green-tinged sword... And I knew Annabeth and I were out of options. Then behind me, something howled. A wall of darkness slammed into, slammed into Campe, sending the monster sideways. And Mrs. O'Leary's was standing over us, snarling and snapping at Campe. Good girl, said a familiar voice. Daedalus was fighting his way out of the labyrinth, slashing down enemies left and right as he made his way towards us. Next thing was someone familiar. A familiar giant, much taller than the Lastragonians, with a hundred rippling hands holding this, holding a chunk, a huge chunk of a rock. Briars! Tyson called, cried in wonder. Hail, little brother! Briars bellowed. Stand firm! And as Mrs. O'Leary's leaped out of the way, the hundred-handed one launched a volley of boulders at Campe. The rock seemed to 
enlarged as they left Briarus's hands. There's so many, it looked like half the earth had learned, has learned to fly. Boom! Where Kempe had stood a moment before was a mount of boulders, almost as tall as Zeus's fist. The only sign the monster had ever existed were two large green sword points sticking out of the cracks. A cheer went up from the campers, but our enemies weren't done yet. One of the Drachna yelled, Slay them! Kill them all or Kronos will flay you alive! Apparently that threat was more terrifying than we were. A giant surged forward in a last desperate attempt. One surprised, one surprised Chiron with a glancing bow to the back legs, and he stumbled and fell. Six giants cried in glee and rushed forward. No! I screamed, but I was too far away to help. Then it happened. Grover over opened his mouth. The most horrible sound I'd ever heard came out. It was like a brass trumpet magnified a thousand times. The sound of pure fear. As one, the forces of Kronos dropped their weapons and ran for their lives. The giants trampled the Drachne trying to get into the labyrinth first. Telekines and hellhounds and enemy half-bloods scrambled after them. The tunnel rumbled shut, and the battle was over. The clearing was quiet except for fires burning in the woods and the cries of the wounded. I helped Annabeth get to her feet. We ran to Chiron. Are you right? I asked. He was lying on his side, trying in vain to get up. How embarrassing, he muttered. I think I will be fine. Fortunately, we do not shoot centaurs with broken... Ow! Broken legs. You need help, Annabeth said. I'll get a medic from Apollo's cabin. No, Karen insisted. There are more serious injuries to attend to. Go, I'm fine. But, Grover, later we must talk about how you did that. <laughs> that was amazing, I agreed. Grover blushed. I don't know where it came from. Juniper hugged him fiercely. I do. But before she could say more, Tyson called, Percy, come quickly, it is Nico. There was smoke curling off his black clothes. His fingers were clenched, and the grass all around his body had turned yellow and died. I rolled over as gently as I could and put my hand against his chest. His heart was beating faintly. Get some nectar, I yelled. One of the Aries campers hobbled over and handed me a canteen. I trickled some of the magic drink in Nico's mouth. He coughed and spluttered. His eyelids fluttered open. Nico, what happened? I asked. Can you talk? He nodded weakly. Never tried to summon so many before. I, I'll be fine. We helped him sit up and gave him some more nectar. He blinked at all of us like he was trying to remember who we were. Then he focused on someone behind us. Daedalus, he croaked. Yes, my boy, the inventor said. I made a very bad mistake. I came to correct it. Daedalus had a few scratches that were bleeding golden oil, but he looked better than most of us. Apparently, his automaton body healed itself pretty quickly. Mrs. O'Leary's loon behind him, licking the wounds on their master's head so Daedalus's hair stood up funny. Briar stood next to him, surrounded by a group of awed campers and satyrs. He looked like kind of he looked kind of bashful, like he was signing autographs and armors, shields, and T-shirts. I found the hundred-handed one as I came through the maze. Daedalus explained, "It seems he had the same idea to come to help, but he was lost." And so we fell in together. We both came to make amends. Yay! Trison jumped up and down. Briars, I knew you would come. I did not know, the hundred-handed one said. But you reminded me who I am, Cyclops. You 
or the hero. Tyson blushed, but I patted him on the back. I knew that a long time ago, I said. But, Deadless, the Titan army's still down there. Even without the strength, they'll be back. They'll find a way sooner or later, with Kronos leading them. <clears throat> Deadless sheathed his sword. You're right. As long as the labyrinth is there, is here, your enemies can use it. Which is why the labyrinth cannot continue. Annabeth stared at him. But you said the labyrinth is tied to your life force. As long as you're alive... Yes, my young architect. Daedalus agreed. When I die, the labyrinth will die as well. And so I have a present for you. He slung a leather satchel off his back, unzipped it, and proceeded a sleek silver laptop computer. One of the ones I'd seen in the workshop. On the lid was a, the blue symbol, the A. Triangle. My work is, is here, he said. It's all managed. It's all I managed to save from the fire. Notes on projects that I never started. Some of my favorite designs. I couldn't develop these over the last few millennia. I did not dare reveal my work to the mortal world. But perhaps you will find them interesting. He handed the computer to Annabeth, who stared like he was solid gold. You're giving me this? But this is priceless. This is worth... I don't know how much. Small compensation for the way I've acted, Deadless said. You were right, Annabeth, about children of Athena. We should be wise, and I was not. Someday, you will be a greater architect than I ever was. Take my ideas and improve them. It is the least I can do before I pass on. Whoa, I said. Pass on? You can't just kill yourself. That's wrong. He shook his head. Not as wrong as hiding yourself from crimes for 2,000 years. Genius does not excuse evil, Percy. My time has come. I must face my punishment. You won't get a fair trial, Annabeth said. The spirals, spirit of Milo sits in judgment. I will take what comes, he said, and trust the injustice of the justice of the underworld, such as is. That is, we all can do, isn't it? All we can do. He looked straight at Nico, and Nico's face darkened. Yes, he said. Will you take my soul for ransom, then, Deadless asked. You use it to re you can use it to reclaim your sister. No, I said. I will keep, I will help you release your spirit, but Bianca has passed. She must stay where she is. Deadless nodded. Well, son of Hades, you are becoming wise. Then he turned towards me. One last favor, Percy Jackson. I cannot leave Mrs. O'Leary's alone. And she has no desire to return to the underworld. Will you care for her? I looked at the massive black hellhound, who whimpered pitifully, still licking Deadless's hair. I was thinking that my mom's apartment would allow dogs, especially dogs bigger than the apartment, but I said, Yeah, of course I will. Then I'm ready to see my son. And Perdix, he said. I must tell him how sorry I am. And Beth had tears in her eyes. Deadless turned towards Nico, who drew his sword. At first, I was afraid Nico would kill the old inventor, but he simply said, Your, ta your time is long since come. Be released and rest. A smile of relief spread across Deadless's face. Then he froze like a statue. His skin turned transparent, revealing the bronze gears and machinery wiring inside his body. Then the statue turned gray, ash, and disintegrated. Mrs. O'Leary's howled. I patted her head, trying to comfort her as best as I could. The earth rumbled, an earthquake that could probably be felt in every major city across the world, as the ancient labyrinth collapsed. Somewhere, 
I hoped the remains of the Titan's strike force had been buried. I looked around at the carnage in the clearing and the weary faces of my friends. Come on, I told them. We have work to do. And that was the end of chapter 18. Oh, man. This is probably... Oh, I just... I really like the battles in this book. It's or the battle, sorry. I mean, there are kind of multiple small battles like that last for a third of a chapter, but this this was the big, big battle. Every book has like one big, big battle, so to say. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't know how many chapters left there are, actually. I think there are two, maybe? I'm not sure. But you'll have to see that next time. And as um, last chapter, this chapter is also pre-recorded. So if you do comment, questions, concerns, complaints, which I mean, please, please do. Um, yeah. Oh, crap. Two more chapters. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. There are, let's see how many... Okay, um, well, it doesn't seem like it says how many pages there actually is, or I mean, I checked, like, the last three pages. I hate when books don't actually tell you how many pages that is, and that sucks. You have to go back, like, seven pages, usually, and look at the number and be like, one, two, three, and then you're like, oh, wait, did I miss a number? I'm going very off track here. Well, um, well, I, everybody who's not working, I think, has gotten off school, at least. Maybe you're still going to after school care, maybe that's just where I live, maybe that's just in, like, some European countries, I don't know, most of my viewers are from the USA, um, as a matter of fact, we have a newbie, we surpassed over 600 downloads from the US, which is just insane, um, also, I'm sorry, there might have been a lot of background noise, I don't know what it is, but there are, like, I don't live by a busy street, but there are so many motorcycles today. Like, oh, that was just two more right there. What is happening? Well, this episode is getting pretty long, and I um, and I don't think like anyone's listening right now. But if you are, thank you. I love rambling on like this. It makes me feel like a good post podcast owner that's not just riding off the fame of your boy Riordan. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, listen to me later. I can't really say see you later because I'm not going to see you and you're not going to see me. And yeah, whatever. Bye. Love you guys so much. Thank you for 2,900 downloads. It's insane. We just broke our record, by the way, of 33 downloads in one day. More like 42 downloads in one day. Insane. Thank you for everybody who's downloaded. It really does make a difference. It makes me love to record and everything really awesome 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 great thank you guys so much